listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! It looks like you've made it to the party. Here we are, once again, at Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And I'm your host, Deborah Wolf. And today, by invitation only... We have a whole lot of rescue cats, foster cats, cats that normally aren't invited to the party. Well, today they are invited. And with them, we've got Susan Carr. She's from Fokra. And she's a real live foster mom. Somebody who takes cats who don't have anywhere else to go, one at a time, into her home, helps them normalize, helps them get rid of all the stress and anxiety and become mellow, happy, well-adjusted pets. And then just when they're so lovable, she actually gives them up. So we'll talk to her about how that is. And maybe when you're listening, you might think you'd want to do it too. So welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much, Deb. Good to be here. So tell us, what is Vokra? What, what are you doing with Vokra? Vokra is uh, an agency in Vancouver, British Columbia. And it's, uh, the acronym is actually the Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association. Um, and they started off with kittens, but of course now they, they trap and neuter and rescue kittens and cats. And their mission really is to keep the populations down and to find the cats that really need help, put them into foster homes, make them adoptable, and find them forever homes. So, Sue, how did you get involved with this in the first place? How did you become a cat foster mom? It um, it just happened. I um, my cat passed away, and I let some time lapse, and then started looking to adopt um, a new pet. And a friend told me about the Vocra website, and I would get on there religiously, just about every morning, and take a look. And some of the abuse stories, or the you know the stories of these animals, are posted. And I just couldn't um, make a decision as to who to adopt because I wanted to take them all. And time went, and I just was not ready to adopt, and I thought, you know, I'm going to foster. And I just plunged in, and Vokra, they were fabulous. They knew I was a first-time foster, and they gave me uh, an easier situation to deal with uh, for for my first foster. And I just went from there, and uh, it's just such a rewarding experience. I continue to do it. So what was it like with your first cat? Can you tell us about your first foster kitty? Well, I went away and came back and phoned Vokra and said, you know, here I am, I'm ready, and uh, but I'm really scared, and please don't send me a pregnant mom with, you know, who's going to give birth. <laughs> and I was really, uh, okay. really afraid okay. as to what they were going to give me. And they they said, no, we have the perfect, we have the perfect cat for you. And a really nice woman showed up with a little ginger cat in, you know, in her carry cage and came out and this cat came out and started to purr immediately. Her name was, she was a little ginger, her name was Tutti, which means every everybody, I believe, or everyone in Italian. And she... She was just such a wonderful experience. Her story... That's really unusual, though, for a cat to come out of rescue in a situation where it was completely stressed and anxious and maybe not been handled enough or maybe handled too roughly, you know, all bad memories, and to just come out purring Mm -hmm. like that, 
I think wow. a lot of people do. I do think her situation, we don't know what her background is. We're pretty sure she was a house cat. And then the owners decided that they didn't want her anymore. And just instead of resigning her, or finding a home, just took her and threw her away in the woods. And That's such her. a mistake. People think people yeah. think it's empty. People think their cat can survive out there. They don't realize that every inch of wild territory is owned by something. So your cat has to, from the moment it gets there, do battle. It's going to be killed or kill. That's its only. It's completely thrown into a situation. The minute you drive away, you know you see the birds. It all looks lovely, and you drive away. That's when everything comes out to come get your cat. Your cat's a really small prey animal. As much as it's a predator of other small, tiny animals, it's prey in the forest. So that's just cruel. And it's been domesticated prior to, you know, just letting it run wild. So somehow this little cat found her way to a stable. Right, Maybe okay. A children's book will source come of food. <laughs> yeah, no, source of food. A lot of cats end up in barns. Yeah. There you go. And the woman at the barn phoned Vokra and said, look, you know, there's this lovely social cat here. And she's just ripped up and starving and her eyes are all infected. And this is what Vokra does is they, you know, get in their cars and they drive and they went to get her. And nice. um, so the situation is when a cat is trapped by an organization like Vokra or Meow Aid or any other, you know, wherever, whatever city you're in, whatever rescue organization there is, the choices are to take the cat and put it in a cage and visit it once a day or to start a foster program where you're going to have the same expense because you're going to pay for the cats, for the animals, food, the litter, the vet bills, etc. But you have volunteers like myself who take the cat into a home where it's nurtured and loved 24-7. And that well, way, and arguably you do save because you don't need the same space. Well, the, you know, your uh, there you go. Location, your hydro, yeah. your, all those things that you pay for at your central premises for, where the cats that don't have foster homes have to go. You know, so you're really reducing the cleaning, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it becomes a volunteer... Go. So I think it's economical, but it also, the cats, instead of becoming less social and more fearful, they become good pets. And you know what? We've got to go to commercial. We'll be back after commercial to find out more about this and how you can get involved and what kind of person suits this and what's the best part, what's the worst part. So we'll be back soon with Susan Carr from Vokra talking about being a cat foster mom at the Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition. I guarantee it. Petco, where healthy pets go. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Whether they're big, small, hairy, or whatever, you're going to need gear for your feet. And Kids Foot Locker's got all the great shoes and gear that'll get you in the game. 
Go to kidsfootlocker.com and enter the code AFAP10KF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFAP15KF to get 15% off any order of $75 or more at kidsfootlocker.com. And cover those funky feet. Like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website petliferadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are. Available. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another edition of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back. It's the animal party. I hope you're ready to party with some cats. Now, these cats, they probably would run from a party. They'd probably hide under the bed. They don't want loud noises and strangers and busy, bustling households because they've just come from a really, really bad situation. They need to chill out and calm down. And Susan, I bet you're pretty good at that. I have learned to be pretty good at that. <laughs> I, uh, they tell you what they need. <laughs> okay. So how does you- that go? Well, you know, with, with my first foster, she looked around for a couple of hours. She she didn't need to be in, in one room. Uh, often, you know, you have to take a cat, um, especially those who are a little feral, and, and literally they live in the bathroom for, you know, a while. And you you know, and I even recommend slowly. that. I yeah. recommend that even for people with socialized happy pet cats when they move. Or if they go for, away for the summer and they take their cat with them. You know, when you get to a new location, start slow. Start with a really, really small room for a week or so. And then if your cat's mellow, using the litter, eating, drinking, happy, looking good, not trying to escape and is mellow, then it's time to add another room. So okay. that's what I like to recommend, especially if you're moving and there's people in and out and boxes in and out and you don't want your cat getting out by accident. Well, you can't expect all these people to be that careful when they're carrying some heavy bed or dresser or something. So it's better to keep the cat secure. So in this case, you didn't have to do that? You were able to let oh, the no. cat I, I found within a couple of hours, I found this little one in the hallway of my apartment standing looking around, and she had one paw up at her chest. just hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) And what happens is over, you know, a couple of weeks is you really get to know each other and a strong bond develops. But I have to say that the moment, you know, they're dropped off, the moment their story is told, 
no matter who you are, I, 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 for myself, I can speak for myself, I love them right away and feel for them right away. And then what happens in the weeks to come is that you build this relationship and at times you do forget that this is not your pet. That this oh, is, that's yeah. hard. And this actually happened to me this morning. I, I just it hit me. It's like, oh my goodness, you're not my cat. <laughs> I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. But I'm so happy for you that this, you know, and I just, I really focus on these animals. I really pray for them and I just see them always being safe, always being nurtured, always being loved. And I, I really hope that when they do leave that I, you know, I continue to think about them. And I, I think about every one of them and I just really hope and pray and send good energy and loving energy to them. Um, because you don't, it's, I think that is the hardest part, Deb, is you're taking them in, you're loving them up, you're teaching them how to trust again, you are showing them that life is safe, and then you're trusting them over to a human being um, and hoping that that cat stays with that family or that person forever. And if they're not going to stay with that person forever, because that does happen, um, that they go to another good home and that they're safe for their life. Um, so that is the hardest part, is, is not knowing, is not trusting um, other people. Well, the day I met you, the first time I met you, the only time I met you, I think, mm-hmm. the day I met you, uh, someone introduced us at a party and said, look, she's into cat rescue and you're into dogs. Here, talk. And so we started talking and uh, you told me that you you were really having trouble with this, with one of the cats that you were giving it up and, you know, what if you taught this cat to trust now and what if you sent it somewhere where they were unkind? And I really think that when you take an animal, or even a kid really, when you take yeah. somebody who's had bad, bad experiences and all they know is pain and suffering and they really don't know that there's an alternative and you show them their alternative, then at least they know what to look for and what to get away from. So even, I mean, probably this cat's going to do great and the people who come to Vocado Dog Cats are going to be great and it's going to have a great life. But if something goes wrong, you know, if someone moves into the household that's abusive or something, that cat's going to know that's not normal and that doesn't have to be that way. And it's going to find a, find a way out. It's going to find a window and end up next door or down the street or some other place where they do love it because now you've set it up to look for that. And so I think that's huge. I think that's huge. I hope so. I really do. And I, I have to say there has not been a, a foster that I've taken that I have not seriously contemplated adopting. And this happens all the time. <laughs> I, I know other fosters who can't foster anymore because they just fell so in love that they had to adopt. Um, and I'm really trying hard not to do that so that I can continue the cycle. Well, just, yes and no. You know what? That's the hardest thing for the rescue groups is that the foster homes always become permanent homes and then they got to get new foster homes, is it. which is yeah. bad. But on the other hand, there is a cycle to it. And at some point you will burn out. At some point oh, you yeah. need to keep yeah. a cat and be done with it. Or you might find a cat that is so oddly suited to you and no one else that really you can't pass it along. Absolutely. And I just want to say, you know, there are a lot of cat rescues at Foster and now there are a lot of dog rescues at Foster as well. This is this is something that they're really trying to start. And if, you know, if you know of an organization or if you're thinking about doing this, please, you know, I would love for the SPCA to start a foster program for their animals or every rescue organization to do this. It's such a nice thing to be able to do when 
somebody comes forward to adopt an animal and you're able to say, look, you know, this one likes morning hugs this way (laughs) and his catnip this way, and you have a whole journal written out and they know exactly what they're getting. It makes so much sense in so many ways. Yeah, I really do hope that all over the world they'll start having foster programs for dogs and cats because it works so well. It's so efficient. It makes so much sense. In Vancouver, I mean, even I, I know somebody who nearly got kicked out of her apartment because she fostered a huge dog and couldn't find it at home because big dogs are so difficult out here, right, with everybody living in apartments. And that dog ended up being fostered around our neighborhood because everybody fell in love with her and was so concerned Aww. about her. And she did get adopted. And there were a lot of people who were interested, and these fosters drove out to check the places out and said, absolutely not. She's not going there. She's not going there. She's not going there. there. Absolutely, yeah. And this was a community that took care of themselves. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Okay, so we're going to go to commercial. We'll be back. need to listen to the sponsors who make this show possible. But we'll be back to the party. And I want to ask you, if you were watching the royal wedding... Do you realize how many animals were involved in that royal wedding? How many sniffer dogs does it take to keep a bride safe on her big day? We'll find out after the break. Stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. I play tennis because I love to, but inside, I want to win. Take away the court, the net. I might not be a player, but I'll always be a competitor. Lady Foot Locker understands that. Lady Foot Locker. The first to carry Adidas off-court shoes and the gear that goes with them. If you play your best, there's no regret. Lady Foot Locker. One place, every woman. Go to ladyfootlocker.com and enter the code AFAP10LF to get 10% off any order of $50 or more. Or enter the code AFAP15LF. To get 15% off any order of $75 or more at LadyFootLocker.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from Ice.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to Ice.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. Ice.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? 
You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back with Animal Party on Pet Life Radio talking to Susan Cars from Vokra about cat fostering and cat rescuing. And we're also thinking about the wedding, the big wedding last Friday. Oh, yes, Wills and Kate off in England getting married. Man, there were a lot of horses. Now, I tried to find out the official number of horses, and I did contact somebody. I did find out all kinds of things, like what they're fed, and I, it was crazy, the details I was getting. But no one could tell me the official number because there's so many different. There's the Scottish Guard. There's the Palace Cavalry. There's all kinds of... There were a lot of horses, and boy, those horses pulling that carriage were incredible. But, uh, but how many sniffer dogs do you think it takes to keep a bride safe on her big day? What do you think, Susan? Oh, many. That's <laughs> the answer. Many, many. Absolutely. Yes. Well, it was 35. 35 sniffer dogs. And they won't wow. be getting ribbons or medals. They mm. won't be getting big double and a half pay like the policemen who worked the event. But they ought to be. So that, that's what interested me. People kept asking me up in, you know, in the lead up to the wedding, oh, aren't you interested in her dress? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> Aren't you interested in her shoes? No, couldn't care less, really. I couldn't. I went, and they're like, well, isn't there something you're interested in about the wedding? And I really, really thought about it. And then I, I thought, you know, I wonder how many horses and dogs are at the wedding. That's right. And that's what we should be thinking <laughs> <You're> about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the best I can come up with. Okay, so, so we're going back to the show. We're talking about cat fostering and cat rescuing. And what's the best part of this? The best part of it is knowing that you're making a difference that really doesn't, I hate to say it, but it's just not a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work in that you're dealing with a child or, you know, a, a, a life, you're caring for something, but you leave, you come home, it's a pet in the house that you're nurturing, that you're loving, you're seeing a difference, you know you're making a difference, you know that this cat is not sitting in a cage and nobody's going to adopt it because it's sitting at the back of the cage, and it's an amazing animal with an amazing loving personality, but the fear that it feels is keeping it in the back of the cage, and when somebody comes into the shelter, it's not going to be social, and it's never going to get adopted. Here you have, you can, you know, write a bio regarding the personality and, and really work to get this cat adopted. You so know, you get making- to have a pet without committing for 10 or 20 years, without, you know, being stuck with it, really. Like, say you think you might want a cat, but you're not sure. Or you mm-hmm. used to have cats, but you think you might again. But, you know, mm-hmm. this kind of a person might be ideal because it gives you a wow with a cat. It is. Expect to get completely 
attached. <laughs> but you okay, so now know... we're getting to the worst part. That's the worst <laughs> that, part, that right? is the worst part. But know that you're taking a cat that has had a rough past that doesn't ha- is homeless, and you're giving it a home until it finds its forever home. And you know, it's the older cats, it's the black cats that never they they have the hardest time getting adopted. You know, that's really crazy, and it's so true. Black cats mm-hmm. and black dogs, so it's not just superstition, yeah. mm-hmm. don't get adopted. They don't look good in pictures. They don't look good on websites. They don't draw the same attention. They look ominous or menacing in a cage. It's malarkey. They're just as good as the other pets. In fact, you get yeah. so much more choice. If you go looking for a black dog or a black cat at the rescue shelter, you've got 10 times as many animals to look at, so you can really find a nice, loving cat or a really well-behaved dog if you're not looking for blue eyes and spots and freckles and fancy fur and all this kind of stuff. And I think that when you're in a a foster situation, I think those those cats have a better chance because you have an advocate, a person advocate standing behind the animal and saying, hey, this is, you know, this is the wonderful thing about this animal and I can really tell you about this because I've been living with it. Well, and as an adopting person, I mean, if you're out there listening now and you want to get a cat, go to a place that's fostering because you could actually, you know, the cat's not coming out of a cage with a bunch of question marks on its head. It's, you could see it. You can go visit them in their house, have tea, see the cat, meet it, see what it's like, you know, totally get a on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> see its toys, see its pigs, see what it's been up to lately. Yeah, totally. And Absolutely. and you'll know if that's right for you. And if it's not right for you, that person will help you figure out the next one to go visit because there's like 10 or 20, all yeah. probably in a short little neighborhood and walking distance, all being fostered and each one with its own quirks and foibles and interesting traits. And, you know, why not find the perfect match? These people don't want to unload a cat. They're totally attached to it. They want to find the best match. So and Bocor does too. Pet. Yeah, right. that's what I'm And saying. the organization too, because the last thing they want is to have this cat returned. They want right. a forever home. And they make it very clear when you adopt from them that if anything should ever happen, that something should change, you can't keep the cat, you contact them, and they will take the cat back. In fact, uh, one thing that I did want to mention is that when you foster with an agency like Vokra, and I don't know what it's like with other agencies, I, um, I know with a Better Life Dog Rescue in Vancouver, they too, they, they pay for the supplies. So your, your food, your litter, your vet bills are covered because they would be covered if the cat was sitting in a cage. And you yeah, can that's really nice because that, that takes the financial burden off it yeah. and makes it even, you know, because it is hard to give up a pet once you've loved it, but it makes it easier because, you know, if you're not sure that you're ready for a cat, well, they'll come with the supplies, the litter. The, it's not going to cost you anything except a little time. And with a cat, it's not that much time, like you're saying. So... We talked a little bit last time we were on air about body language. And I want people Mm -hmm. to know that one thing you can do when you have a cat who's afraid or a dog is, first of all, don't look them in the eye, okay? Close your eyes. And we as humans have this human habit of looking everything in the eye all the time. We're always looking for eye contact. I'm very bad about this when it comes to animals. I had to really unlearn this specific human trait because I really like eye contact. But... Until you've got total trust of a dog or a cat, you should not be making direct eye contact. So it's a long time off. Now, if you ever see me on a stage performing with my trick dogs, you'll see me looking right at them and them looking at me. They're almost hungry for me to look at them right in the eye. But that's different. They love me. They trust me. We're, we're 
we're part of the pack now. When I first get them and they're rescues and they're strays and they're trembling and they don't want to be touched and they think that if you go near their face, you're going to hit them. When that's going on, I on purpose close my eyes, close them right up. So one thing you can do if you're working with a fearful cat or dog, whatever you're doing right at the moment that you're seeing them balk or get hesitate or get nervous is right then close your eyes. Stay exactly as you are, whatever you were doing, but close your eyes. And you might see the dog come forward. Well, you won't see it, but you might feel him <laughs> come forward. You might feel the cat come forward. You can sort of open them a little bit and try and glimpse and see where they are. But I bet you that dog or cat will stop reacting, will stop being afraid. Because they know an enemy doesn't take their eye off them. Somebody attacking or going after them doesn't close their eyes. So the minute you close your eyes, you stop them triggering this old, anxious, repeating signal they have in their mind that's telling them, "Uh uh-oh, got to run, got to run, got to fight, got to run, got to fight from their history. When something stares at me, bad things happen. Okay, close your eyes. Now he goes, wait a minute, I was mistaken. Wait a minute, she has a fluffy toy in her hand. Wait a minute, he has a dog toy or a treat or a ball or, you know, and they kind of, Take in the situation a second time. They reassess things. And so I think that's really helpful. Another thing that's helpful is imitating. And so if your dog or cat is doing a specific thing, like you told me one cat was all of a sudden being super relaxed on the bed, I would imitate that. I, I would think that at was a distance. Great, yeah, that was a great. Yeah. Um, it happened again. Oh, did you do viewers. it? Did you yes, try? Yes, I did. I'll tell you. I, I have a cat right now who's a little, you know, skittish, and it's taking a little long. He's completely loving, and, oh, I'm, I just pick him up and smush him all the time because I can now. But uh-huh. the, one of the first, you know, contact kind of uh, or communication, physical communications that we had was I had gotten on my bed in mid-afternoon to read a book, and he was sitting right on the blanket next, you know, right next to me. And uh, I turned around midway, and there was this, you know, I have, he's a big black cat, and he's on his back, and all four paws are in the air, and his head is upside down, and he's just looking at me. <laughs> and, Deb, you told me to do exactly that, you know, just slither. I slithered down, and I did exactly that, and I looked at him, and the purrs, I wasn't that close to him, but I, I heard the purrs. And it fostered a better relationship since oh, then. Oh, nice. Yeah, so very, very helpful. Very helpful. Well, it works with a lot of different species. I used to work with primates and uh, occasionally lions, all different species. And imitation is like my fallback. It's like when I work with kids, singing is my fallback. Mm-hmm. If they're being too wild or hyper or whatever, I break into song and it works. They all join in and calm down and start listening. Well, with animals, whenever in doubt, I imitate them. And oh, normally, you know, yeah. it brings them right out. It's like you're, you're echoing them. You're on their level. You're, you know, if they're crouched out, I crouch down. If they're, mm-hmm. if they're being big, I, you know, I imitate them a lot of times. Not, not always, not in every situation, but in the situation where they go from something fearful or negative to something positive but tentative, that's when if I show them that I'm relaxed too, I'm opening my belly and back too. I'm, you know, acting like it's safe in this room too. The cat's like, right on. Okay, then. Yeah, Yeah. I can lie here just like this. I've been wanting to do this for a year now. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I am safe. I think fostering has been, you know, just just based on agencies and them helping you. And, uh, you know, with one of the cats, she had some medical issues. And I would say that, you know, I foster for Vokra. When that cat had to go to the vet, that cat went to the vet. 
um, with Vokra. They would, you know, I don't have a vehicle. They picked me up. We went to the vet because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to just let the cat go with somebody. I wanted to be there. They will ask you to, which is also one of the hardest parts, Deb, they will phone you because they do have adoption weekends where they take, they ask you to bring the cat or they come and get the cat and they show it at an adoption center. Um, in Vancouver, they have one in North Vancouver at, at a PetSmart location. Often, my heart just drops because I know this is coming, and oh no, they have to, you know, somebody's going to adopt this cat this weekend, and then, oh my goodness, the house is going to be empty, and I, I'm going to be starting all over, and it's very difficult. But for anybody who wants to foster, please know that what you're doing is you're getting, you're taking a cat out of a situation. And I, I don't know if anybody of your viewers have ever had to go into a shelter. And a lot of people just can't stand going into shelters. And people tell me, I want to adopt, but I just can't. I can't because I can't go into a shelter. I'll have nightmares for weeks and weeks and weeks and I don't want to do it. And I actually met a woman a couple of weeks ago and she was having, we were having this conversation. She needed a dog as a partner for, for her existing dog that she has. And I said, you don't have to. You could find a foster agency and look around and meet and talk to people. I think it's, it's just a win-win for everybody. It's so how can people, if they want to get started by looking up Vokra, what's your website? Vokra is V-O-K-R-A dot com, Vokra dot com, and just look it up. And then, you know, at whatever city you're in, look up foster agencies, look up rescue and see if they have a, a fostering program. And please, please, you know, it's... Start slow. Start with the easier cases. I'm I'm somebody who's moving on to more difficult cases. You know, they there does come a point, and hopefully I'll be ready for this, maybe next year, maybe two years from now, where, you know, pregnant mom will give birth in my home. It's never happened, but, you know, I know fosters who do it, and that's a lot to ask. But oh, it it's a beautiful such, thing. I've done that before. Say, it it's incredible. It must be such an incredible experience, right? <laughs> it's incredible, but it's like being a midwife, only you do yeah. it eight <laughs> times in a row, you know? It's incredible. It's the whole thing. It's the, the you know, the worries and the anxiety prior to the animal actually beginning the labor mm-hmm. and then the labor and then each mm-hmm. one coming out and making sure each and every puppy or kitten is coming out with the sack properly and then getting air quickly and that the umbilical cord is being cut quickly and that the that the placenta also comes out okay that's all a midwife says yeah yeah that's what we do for a human okay try it eight times or ten or you know over the course of a day and a half and and um yeah and you have no history when you're doing it in a rescue way you don't know what has she ever had kittens before how many she had before was it easy was it hard was it you know all this is she a good mom Will she do it herself? Mostly, when you're involved in this, you try your best to help but not take over. To do the most you can to let her, because if she's doing it, she's doing it right. It's and she would have done it in the wild alone, but no, she would have done it on her own had she not had right? They, the, the mom would have figured it out or... I, I well, think. but sometimes they die. Sometimes kittens die. I mean, mm. and sim- yeah. you know, simple things can can lead to terrible problems. Simple things you can fix so easily. Like, oh, there's so many things because I've helped with this a lot. But I'll just give you but a quick no, example of 
you know, if somebody gets involved and tries to tie the umbilical cord on a kitten or a puppy, they have to do it just right. And they have to tie it in two places and cut exactly right. And they have to do it with clean utensils. And it has to be long enough. They always do it too short. Okay, somehow or other, the dog mum and the cat mum know exactly how to do it. They never do it wrong. Never. Never, never, never. You know what I mean? If they do it, they do it right. So it's kind of a a bit hard to stand by and be there and not take over too much. But I want to tell you, I just want to react a little bit to some of the things you said there. People listening, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get the easiest, easiest, easiest cat. It's going to be easier to own than any cat you've ever had because you will have all these people you can call who will come help you, who will come be on your speed dial. And nobody's going to leave you alone with this problem if there's anything that goes wrong, they're there to take it to the vet. You know, I mean, this is the easiest way to ease into cat owning. And you can ask for one that's particularly easy. I mean, they have lots of different ones. They they're have not going to set cats. you up in a situation that's going to give them more work. So they're going to set you up with what you can do so that they don't have to be running, switching home. And they also don't want to give you a foster cat and then pull it from a foster home and switch it around. It's stressful for the animal. So you are not, now, you know, we're talking about giving birth, but we're not, that's not going to be the scenario. They're going to give you what you can handle. And, oh, absolutely. You know, even, yeah, and the other thing that I really appreciate, and I don't know if this is about any organization, but a lot of these organizations, they know a lot about homeopathic medicine. And for an anxious cat, they have a remedy for, you know, they really try and use homeopathic I know Volker uses homeopathic vets. So they help you learn about how to take care of your general. You Um, move on knowing much, much more. The other thing you kind of hit on but didn't explore enough was that these cats, you know, you kind of said, I pick him up and smoosh him and squish him now that I can. (laughs) And I could tell, you know, for a long time, you spent, it's like, it's a real challenge. And there's something Mm -hmm. so rewarding for you, for the cat too, though. When you get an animal who just won't go near you, who's just absolutely terrified. And then a week or two or three or four later, it's in your lap. It's rubbing against your legs. It's happy to see you. It's grateful. It's excited. It greets you at the door every day. It purposely puts itself in your way all the time. I mean, that's something, right? You just feel so good about the changes. It's so nice to bring an animal back from fear. I think anybody who takes on a foster situation, you have to be patient because this is this is a new family member and just like, as it would be a child who would be, you know, I don't know who these people are, it's going to take me some time to trust the same pattern, the same behavior patterns happen with an animal. So my estimation uh, for myself in, in fostering is six weeks. When I hit the six-week mark, that cat is now my cat. <laughs> We're pretty comfortable. We know each other. Some take longer, some take less, but it's usually around the six-week mark, and it can be frustrating prior to that because here, you know, when you have an anxious cat or a very skittish cat or one who doesn't trust, you're like, oh, I'm fostering. The cat's still under the bed. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is not fun. Please yeah, it's like a house plan. Yeah. Please no, and the same is true for people. I, I have an email that I'm going to get to probably in the next show from a guy that asked me about a cat who wasn't using litter box a year or two ago. And that's mm-hmm. all fine now. But now he's adopted this dog, Oscar, and it's a rescue dog. And it likes its wife, 
But for him, and he's the one who got it, he's the one who wanted it, it's terrified of him, it cowers from him, it hides from him, it runs from him, it ignores him when he calls his name. Now, he does all these things. He feeds it, he walks it, he pets it, he clips it, he did, you know, to try and make up the difference. But still, the dog just dotes on his wife, won't give him the time of day, is terrified, trembling and shaking when he comes in the door. You know, I mean, it's, it can be a real challenge. It's going to take him a while with Oscar. He's only emailing me now after six months. Now, last time he emailed me after seven years of living with a cat that didn't use the litter box. And I kept, I said to him, you know, why didn't you email me seven years ago? This is nuts. But now, okay, six months, that's a little better. He could have emailed me in week one. But okay, six months, we'll work on it. So don't worry, Jeff, out there in New York City. We'll be working on Oscar next week. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, fears are, it's hard once you're, I mean, you know yourself. They talk about PTSD and soldiers and things like that. Once you've had trauma. Once you've had a terrible car accident, screeching brakes are going to make your heart race, even if you're not even in a car, even if you're just watching it on TV. You know, like that's the kind of thing these cats and dogs go through. They're primitive animals. They're prey and and hunt driven and they know they're the hunted as well. And they know deep down they react from fear. And so when they've been exposed to fear and it especially if it wasn't just fear without cause if it was actually fear with consequence they were afraid and then something terrible happened they were afraid and then something terrible happened over and over and over and over okay it's going to take a long time to get to the point where screeching brakes don't make the person think of a car accident and a slamming door doesn't make the cat remember the person coming home who used to kick it you know or a foot a foot moving quickly i mean and i do all kinds of crazy things When I work with dogs and cats like this, like I had this dog who was um, really, really, really afraid of moving objects because people used to throw rocks at him. So I went there, I know, and I went there, and it wasn't just strangers either, but I went there and I started juggling for him outside of his pen, not anywhere near him. And once in a while, I'd pretend to miss and one ball would float into his pen, not that near him or anything. And he'd go attack the ball, and then he'd figure out it was a ball. I mean, the dog had to figure out what balls were. But before long, this was a fetch dog, right? He, he learned to love balls. He knew that balls were not rocks, and nobody was throwing them at him. It took a while. You know, I couldn't just go there and throw a ball at him the first day. I had to stand outside and let him see that this is kind of a cool thing. I do crazy things with cats and dogs that are afraid because it works. You know, if you just get them at a distance... Seeing this thing is not what they thought. It's actually fun. They, usually the agencies are very good behavior therapists for animals. Know that you are probably, as a foster person, could be the first line of love for this animal in its life. And that's a very beautiful experience for both of you. And know that, you know, I, and I just want to say, if For people listening, to foster is amazing, but if you're going to adopt, please adopt from, please adopt a homeless cat. Please adopt a big black cat. (laughs) Please adopt. Yeah, or a big black dog, for sure. And and middle age, you know, people in their middle age, I ran into a couple yesterday and I stopped at the sidewalk and they had two little dogs. I'm like, oh, yeah, this this is wonderful. And they were explaining that they were going home with their new rescue and they hadn't gone home yet because the their original dog was trying to figure out what was going on. And they told me that they found this dog, the rescue that they had, that were just bringing home, that, you know, they, they was on the website and had two days left. Kept saying one day left, two days left before they euthanized it. And the reason that nobody wanted it is because it was seven years old. Now that dog, this is a, 
you know, a couple in their mid-60s. What a great dog for them. Yeah, you know what? People make the misunderstanding that they need a puppy or a kitten to bond. And puppies and kittens are hard work. They're damaged. And they all do the same stuff. You know, I'll never have a puppy you, you or a kitten again. You don't, you, don't yeah. need, you, don't, you don't need that moment of destruction and everything. People just don't remember. They remember their old dog or their old cat as it was in its great years and its prime. They don't remember its mischievous time. And yeah, when they're 50, 60, 70 years old, the last thing grandma needs is a kitten or a puppy. You know, mm, yeah. <laughs> really, really not. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to skip that. And the kittens and the puppies can go to the people who insist on those. But yeah, you, you get an older dog and it knew love once and it knew good home once and it lost it and now it's got you oh man the sun rises and sets on your head you've got gratitude in that dog that's the kind of dog who pulls you out of a crash car that's the kind of cat who meows at your doorway and wakes you up because the house is on fire this is an animal who really cares about you so not like the puppy and kitten you raised from an infant that you baby that you really care for but it thinks kibble grows on trees catnip just is it thinks life is good you know and then you know there's place for that too but if you can adopt a rescue that's the way to go okay well we've quickly run out of time susan thank you very much for coming to the party today on pet life radio Thank you very much. And it's Bokra.com. And you know what? Anywhere you are in in North America, there's going to be somebody doing foster work with cats and dogs. So just Google it and find them. start one yourself. Start an agency. Yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) I'm sure Bokra people would be happy to give you advice on that. If you want to start an agency, give them an email and they'll they'll give you some feedback. All right. Thanks so much, Susan. Enjoy the sunshine where you are. I will. I will. It's, It's fading, but it's still here. You take care. Okay, thank you. All right, everybody. So that was Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and we were talking to a VOCA representative, a real live foster cat mom, someone who takes them in when they're a mess and helps them calm down and get love and neutralize and get to be well-mannered, happy pets that can go to home. So if you're looking for a home, go check out the foster network near you. You're going to find a cat where you have total details about what it likes to play with and do and you know, what its attitudes are toward visiting kids and this kind of thing. You'll know everything about that cat. You'll even get to visit with it in a calm way. Or if you're between cats, between pets, you've never had a cat, you think you might want a cat, this is the way to go because they pay all the expenses and you get a taste of it. You make a huge difference and you'll make a lot of friends too. All right, everybody. So it's been Animal Party. I'll talk to you next time. Be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.